This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. President Trump negotiated a truce with the European Union to move towards zeroing out all tariffs and trade barriers between the two world's largest trading blocks. After months of obstruction by the Department of Justice, House Republicans filed impeachment proceedings against Rod Rosenstein. And believe it or not, the censorship of conservative voices on Twitter and Facebook have become a major threat to our democracy. With these stories and more from a nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. And thank you for joining America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Facebook at Amfirst, or at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. And well, I messed this up and uh, follow us on Twitter at Amfirst Radio. Then you can share it with your friends, start an argument, and weigh in on the conversation. You'll get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is broadcast each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern on the new Mojo 5.0 talk station on Dash Radio and on the Talk America Radio Network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. But if you miss a broadcast, you can always listen on demand at your favorite podcast directory or at our website at AmericaFirstRadio.com where you'll find all of the archives. Well, uh, it looks like we have, for now at least, uh, avoided uh, an all-out trade war with the European Union. Uh, that they seem term, determined to uh, implement after the United States moved to protect its strategically uh, critical aluminum and metal industries, uh, steel industries. You'll recall that the president um, moved to protect and rebuild our uh, uh, steel and alum- aluminum capacity based on uh, national security concerns that are absolutely valid. And then the EU moved to retaliate against that, uh, for which the president uh, turned right around and prepared a whole raft of retaliations for that, including against um, auto manufacturing or or auto exports, where the EU uh, enjoys a huge advantage over the United States. Uh, That got the attention of the EU, and uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, uh, the old drunk uh, that you often see at these uh, EU conferences stumbling out of these uh, these meetings. He's evidently quite a lightweight when it comes to drinking. But he came uh, to uh, the White House, hat in hand, and sat down with the president. And the president uh, was able to negotiate with him to put off uh, these, uh, these retaliatory tit-for-tat tariffs against the two largest trading blocks uh, with an agreement... They call it a deal. I don't. I don't consider this a deal at this point uh, by any means. This is a, uh, a a negotiating framework. I would call it that. Uh, but they they put together an agreement that they would uh, hold off on any tariffs uh, on on autos. Uh, they would work to remove uh, the tariffs on the steel and aluminum, and um, 
the EU would agree to buy um, soybeans and natural gas from the United States. Soybeans, uh, the commitment to buy soybeans from the United States gives the farmers some um, assurance of relief. I think they were going to get the relief anyway um, from the uh, the uh, punitive tariffs that uh, China has imposed on our agricultural products. And the, the um, commitment to buy natural gas will uh, diversify the energy uh, supply for EU and, and uh, make them less reliant on Russian natural gas. Um, so all of these people that are running around constantly saying that, uh, you know, Trump is Putin's puppet uh, are completely ignoring the fact that last night... Trump pulled the rug out from under the uh, largest and and really only significant export that Russia has, and that is natural gas and uh, and oil. But this uh, this issue with the soybeans is also quite um, uh, deceptive. The media have been running around screaming their heads off, and the paid uh, free trade lobbyists have been running around screaming their heads off that. Uh, our farmers are going to be hammered by these new tariffs that China has put on soybeans and other agricultural products. It never had a bit of truth to it. Uh, these products, uh, soybeans and other agricultural products, are commodities. And if China decided that they were going to start buying their um, soybeans from Brazil and other major producers, then those people that were buying the products from Brazil would have to find a new source and they would come to the United States, and the market would sort itself out. But uh, but Junker uh, did make the um, the agreement formal that they will be buying these soybeans from the United States. Um, so maybe these uh, these people that are uh, saying that we're going to have to subsidize our farmers uh, will uh, will be given some uh, some comfort as well. I want to play you kind of a long clip here. It's about three minutes. It's of the president after uh, this trade agreement was announced in the Rose Garden, uh, detailing uh, the terms of the um, of the truce. So we had a big day, very big. We met right here at the White House to launch a new phase in the relationship between the United States and the European Union, a phase of close friendship of strong trade relations in which both of us will win, of working better together for global security and prosperity, and of fighting jointly against terrorism. The United States and the European Union together count for more than 830 million citizens and more than 50% of the global GDP, in other words, together we're more than 50% of trade. If we team up, we can make our planet a better, more secure, and more prosperous place. Already today, the United States and the European Union have a $1 trillion bilateral trade relationship, the largest economic relationship anywhere in the world. We want to further strengthen this trade relationship to the benefit of all American and European citizens. This is why we agreed today, first of all, to work together towards zero tariffs 
zero non-tariff barriers and zero subsidies on non-auto industrial goods. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to interrupt just a second here. Now, zero tariffs, uh, that is, would be quite a sorting out uh, in itself. If that were to actually go through, that would be some free trade, something that the, the uh, so-called um, adherents to free trade are not used to. What they're used to is, uh, is managed trade to, their, uh, to the uh, finance and capitalist benefit uh, to the detriment of workers. Uh, but I just, uh, you know, I wonder what that would actually look like. Uh, we have not seen uh, two, two major trading blocks eliminate tariffs. We've uh, seen them come to trade agreements where they think they're protecting, you know, their particular strategic advantages in the market. Um, and almost all of these deals that were negotiated by the United States have been an unmitigated disaster for American workers and American manufacturers. Back to this clip. We will also work to reduce barriers and increase trade in services, chemicals, pharmaceuticals, medical products, as well as soybeans. Soybeans is a big deal. And the European Union is going to start almost immediately to buy a lot of soybeans. They're a tremendous market. Buy a lot of soybeans from our farmers. Well, let me say this. They had already started buying lots of soybeans because the Chinese had stepped away from much of their uh, soybean uh, purchases uh, and uh, and the void uh, was being filled by the European Union. In the Midwest, primarily. So I thank you for that, John Claude. This will open markets for farmers and workers, increase investment, and lead to greater prosperity in both the United States and the European Union. It will also make trade fairer, and more reciprocal, my favorite word, reciprocal. Secondly, we agreed to a strengthen and strengthening of our strategic cooperation with respect to energy. The European Union wants to import more liquefied natural gas, LNG, from the United States, and they're going to be a very, very big buyer. We're going to make it much easier for them, but they're going to be a massive buyer so much for Putin's puppet of LNG so they'll be able to diversify their energy supply which they want very much to do and we have plenty of it thirdly we agreed today to launch a close dialogue on standards in order to ease trade reduce bureaucratic obstacles and slash costs dramatically <laughs> <laughs> you normally don't hear reduce bureaucratic obstacles in the EU in the same sentence. And my uh, suspicion is uh, that it won't work here either, that they will uh, drag these negotiations out ad infinitum and set up all sorts of bureaucratic uh, morasses to get caught in while this thing drones on year after year. They're probably hoping that uh, Trump will lose the reelection so they can go back to the status quo of uh, ripping off American jobs and American prosperity. Uh, you can tell that the Trump-hating media uh, was, was very reluctant to admit that the president was not, in fact, going to start a trade war and plunge uh, the, the world into a new, you know, world depression. Uh, they had nothing good to say about this, but uh, Wall Street reacted very favorably and all the markets were up because uh, they were given some uh, security or, or um, assurance 
that there was not going to be this market uh, uncertainty created by a trade tit-for-tat between the United States and the European Union. But this is good news uh, because right now, really, the president needs to focus on straightening out the relationship with China, who is a, mo- a far, far bigger threat to the American economy and, um, and our uh, security than the EU. Got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the impeachment of Rod Rosenstein right after these messages. night, after months and months of stonewalling, prevarications, obstruction, and just basically uh, trying to hide uh, the misdeeds of the FBI and the Department of Justice, members of the House Oversight Committee, uh, specifically uh, Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows, and the Government Relations um, Committee, I think that was uh, uh, was Bob Goodlatte filed articles of impeachment against attorney Rod Rosenstein long since past due. Uh, they, uh, these impeachment to pro, uh, documents allege that uh, Rosenstein failed to properly comply with document requests regarding the special counsel investigation and the uh, specifically uh, the, the beginning, what prompted the investigation into of the Trump campaign. I can tell you what did. It's pretty clear at this point what, what prompted that. It was John Brennan over at CIA uh, politicizing and weaponizing the intelligence agencies and law enforcement to try to go after the Trump campaign. He, he planted um, spies in the Trump campaign and ran at them with uh, confidential informants trying to frame the Trump campaign and feed into Hillary Clinton's narrative that uh, Donald Trump was somehow... Uh, a puppet, a stooge of Vladimir Putin because he wanted to improve relationships between the United States and Russia. So Jordan and Meadows have been leading this charge for documents uh, for months and months. They've threatened uh, Rosenstein with impeachment and uh, with um, uh, contempt. Why he hasn't been held in contempt, I don't know. I don't think that these articles of impeachment are actually going to go anywhere because uh, Paul Ryan, uh, the Speaker of the House, at least for the next few months, opposes uh, this effort. But uh, nevertheless, it is uh, good to get uh, some uh, of our representatives on the record, some of them that have spines, to call out this misbehavior. If Trump wanted to, he could order uh, Rosenstein to comply with all this stuff and, uh, and declassify uh, all of this information. But because uh, Trump is being advised by his legal handlers that uh, he needs to keep an arm's length from these investigations so that he can't be uh, charged with obstruction, you recall if he if he does anything that defends himself too much or tries to expose the truth, then you got uh, Robert Mueller there ready to pounce to say that this is obstruction. As a matter of fact, Rob Mueller at this point is is uh, is wading through the president's tweets to determine if any of them constitute obstruction of justice. Because remember, Trump is assumed to be guilty 
We just have to find that crime. That's Mueller's mindset. I'm going to play you some clips, uh, clips now. This is uh, Jim Jordan on why they, why they filed these impeachment papers. The bottom line is we've sent numerous letters to Rod Rosenstein they haven't complied with, two subpoenas they haven't complied with. We've caught the Department of Justice hiding information, redacting information that they should not have redacted. We know that Rod Rosenstein threatened House Committee Intel staffers threatened them, chilling impact when they were trying to do their job, our job of getting doing the constitutional oversight we're supposed to do. And we all know what the Justice Department did with the dossier. Never forget, Rod Rosenstein signed the third renewal, signed that, which was which was based on the dossier, which we know came, parts of it came from Bruce Orr, high rank official through his wife Nellie, the whole the whole ordeal. So we're tired of the Justice Department giving us the finger and not giving us the information we're entitled to do to do our constitutional duty. More importantly, the American people are sick of it. That's why we filed the resolution. Just- you know, sometimes I wonder if this just isn't playing out. Uh, that was Jim Jordan appearing on uh, Laura Ingram's show, by the way. Sometimes I wonder if this whole um, fiasco that's going up there on Capitol Hill, uh, they're bogged down in this, uh, this ridiculous witch hunt against the president when they should be... Um, advancing legislation to get our immigration system and our trade uh, uh, relationships and the economy straightened out. But no, no, uh, these these people that we've sent up there are just totally bogged down trying to force the DOJ and the FBI and the CIA, for that matter, to, uh, to uh, be held accountable. They absolutely refuse to be held accountable, but it, because if they were, if we really got to the bottom of this, I have I have very little doubt that James Comey, James, uh, uh, John Brennan, and James, Jim Clapper would be uh, would be picking up uh, debris on the side of the road in orange jumpsuits. Greg Jarrett has recently re- released a book. Uh, it's called "The Russia Hoax." Uh, the I'm trying. I'm doing this from memory. Uh, the deep state's effort to exonerate Hillary Clinton or to elect Hillary Clinton and frame Donald Trump. Uh, and he was on the, the same show with Jim Jordan. And here's what he had to say about whether or not impeachment was pro- appropriate in this situation. Absolutely. Rosenstein has treated Congress with nothing but contempt and should be held in contempt mm-hmm. and impeached if appropriate. Uh, this is a guy who has been covering up from the very beginning for nine long months the origins of the Trump-Russia hoax. As I argue in my book, He and others never had any evidence of collusion. There was no evidence of crimes or intelligence to justify a counterintelligence probe. Rosenstein is the guy who put his signature on a document to renew the wiretap warrant application. And he knew that that was a fabricated, phony document. He didn't present new evidence as the law demands. And he vouched for its authenticity when he knew it was unverified and fabricated. And that is a fraud on the court and abuse of power. You know, I, I kept wondering, why do they keep using this word uh, unverified for this uh, for this phony dossier? Why don't they just say that it's lies, gossip, mistruth and innuendo? And, and now I understand why they keep using this word verified, because in the application to the FISA court, um, FBI agents and everybody that signed off on it, including Rosenstein and Sally Yates and James Comey and others, signed that all of this information contained in this, including the dossier information, had all been verified. 
And the FISA court judges took the FBI and these people that signed off on this at their word that all of these salacious allegations that were contained in the dossier had been verified. That was a lie. They knew it was a lie. That is a perjury before the court. That is the kind of information that will send a normal law enforcement uh, officer to jail. It, off, it, it sometimes results in people being killed. I recall um, in Atlanta, uh, they falsified a search warrant um, and they broke into a house uh, of a little old lady who had nothing. It was a, a drug uh, warrant. Little old lady had nothing uh, to, to hide, but she lived in a high crime area and had fortified her house, but burglar bars on the windows and doors. And the Atlanta police came busting in, scared the bejesus out of her because, as I say, it's a high crime area. She had a gun. She shot it, and they, uh, they lit her up with about 18 bullets because a judge relied on the law enforcement officer's representations contained in the affidavit to get the warrant. Those cops went to jail. There are cops in jail across this country for falsifying warrants. Rod Rosenstein falsified a warrant. James Comey falsified a warrant. Sally Yates falsified this warrant. They absolutely ought not to be uh, still there. Rod Rosenstein was never, ever in a position to actually be appointed as the uh, the. Uh, master of this uh, this investigation, the overseer of this special counsel. He is knee-deep in this thing. He is conflicted five ways to Sunday, and the guy that he appointed to conduct this investigation, Robert Mueller, is, is so conflicted it's a joke. He's investigating whether or not the president obstructed justice by firing his mentee, the guy that he mentored to be the next Head of the FBI, it's a joke. Here's J uh, Greg Jarrett again on whether uh, Rosenstein uh, is uh, is fit. Well, let's see. We're running out of time on this segment, so I'm going to play you this when we get back. Um, this uh, the second clip by Greg Jarrett. But you know, the, the the we really have, ladies and gentlemen, and I hate to say it. The government of this uh, this great nation has become a banana republic when we have people in the law enforcement and intelligence agencies just thumbing their nose at normal procedure. This guy, uh, Rosenstein, would be disbarred in any state in this union for doing what he did, ignoring the obvious and towering conflicts of interest that he has and taking charge of this investigation. We'll talk more about this when we come back right after these messages on America First Radio. talking about this impeachment effort against Rod Rosenstein. I don't think it's going anywhere. I'm not sure why uh, they filed articles of impeachment before they moved to hold Rod Rosenstein in contempt of the committee. You know, people used to actually go to jail for, for lying uh, to or obstructing congressional committees uh, back during uh, the, uh, the Cold War uh, when they called uh, these communists 
And yes, there were communists inside government agencies at the State Department and the Defense Department and Treasury and others. Don't let uh, this revisionist history fool you about, uh, you know, the, uh, the Red Scare or McCarthyism. There were, in fact, committed communists in, uh, uh, entrenched in these agencies. They were working on behalf of uh, world communism, and uh, they, some of them were card-carrying Communist Party members. Uh, but, you know, when they called them up there and they lied, they were caught lying or they refused to answer questions, they were held in contempt. But because we're so uh, we're, we're, we're so divided now, and because we've got a party that is basically uh, committed to obstruction and and denying a reality, I'm talking about the Democrats, of course, uh, they block this at every turn, and there's just enough, and they vote in a block, and there's just enough, which is to say only one or two necessary on a committee, uh, establishment Republicans, that, uh, that holding these people to account is, is uh, nearly impossible, and the people know it, so they come up there and they lie with impunity. Peter Strzok would be sitting in jail right now. He lied repeatedly during his testimony. He's lied repeatedly under oath. Jim, Co- uh, Jim Comey re- uh, lied under oath repeatedly during his testimony. But they know they can get away with it now because it's, 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 you know, it doesn't even have to be a close call. You can just lie with impunity and you know you're not going to be held to count. I've got a clip here I want to play you. Before we get to this clip from uh, Greg Jarrett, I want to play you this clip from Jennifer Rubin. Now, Jennifer Rubin is one of these lunatic leftists that writes opinion columns for the New York Times. She lives in the, uh, the, the leftist bubble there in Manhattan where they've actually, a- absolutely lost all contact with reality. Uh, they believe Donald Trump is uh, you know, a Manchurian candidate and that he is, uh, he's there to serve the interests of Russia, never mind the reality that, you know, he is uh, hammering Russia's uh, main export, which is energy. Hillary Clinton had promised to keep our oil and natural gas and coal, uh, you know, in the ground because she believed in this climate change mythology. Donald Trump promised to unleash America's energy sector, and, and they really believe that uh, Vladimir Putin would prefer to elect the guy that was going to destroy their export industries. Because, uh, because my Trump. But uh, here is Jennifer Rubin. Uh, you know, you you really you want to call a, um, the uh, the van to come and carry her away. But it's still somewhat shocking and remarkable that they have. Fly- this is uh, this is her uh, appearing on MSNBC's uh, with the guy that looks just exactly like right the. I started to say the male Rachel Maddow. Uh, he doesn't really look like the male Rachel Maddow. He looks like uh, the the slightly, slightly more masculine Rachel Maddow setting up this uh, uh, this clip here. But it's still somewhat shocking and remarkable that they have filed articles of impeachment against the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. Yeah, a few weeks ago, we thought it was remarkable that Jim Jordan was losing it in a hearing, um, ranting and raving, interrupting poor Rod Rosenstein. But now they've gone the extra mile. It's funny that the Republicans have been saying, oh, you put the Democrats in charge, they're going to be running impeachment hearings, they're going to be disrupting business. Um, The only ones talking about impeachment and impeachment without a scintilla of justification are, in fact, the Republicans. 
So the only ones talking about impeachment are the Republicans? Has this woman not listened to her cohorts there at the New York Times who are constantly beating the drum to impeach Donald Trump? Does she not read her own paper? The Republicans are the only ones talking about impeachment? The only ones talking about impeachment and impeachment without a scintilla of justification. Without a scintilla of justification. Never mind that he's been redacting these documents and feeding them up to these committees. And these documents, when the the redactions are finally uh, forced to be removed, show that they're not hiding classified information or information that's going to impede any investigations whatsoever. They're literally just hiding wrongdoing on behalf of of the Department of Justice and the FBI. They keep calling it embarrassing information. No, it's not embarrassing information that they've been hiding. It's information of illegal activities that they have been hiding are in fact the republicans so unfortunately there's something called the speech and debate clause which protects these gentlemen um from uh liability criminal or otherwise so according to jennifer rubin unfortunately these guys are protected when they're doing their job of oversight she apparently would like to see them locked up for this this uh this uh insult to the bureaucrats in Washington by the elected uh, uh, people's representatives. Fortunately, there's something called the speech and debate clause, which protects these gentlemen um, from uh, liability, criminal or otherwise, because of actions they take in their official capacity. So they can't be sued or they can't be investigated. They can't be investigated for obstruction of justice. But make no mistake, that is what they are doing. They are obstructing the investigation. And it just shows you uh, which side um, is on the side of uh, the rule of law and which side is not. So let me get this straight. Jennifer Rubin says that because Jim Jordan, uh, Mark Meadows, uh, Bob Goodlatte, uh, Trey Gowdy, some of these other guys, uh, Kevin, uh, Devin Nunes, um, most certainly, are trying to get to the bottom of how exactly the deep state uh, determined that they were going to interfere in a presidential election by going after the Uh, campaign of the opposing party because they're exercising their mandated oversight and trying to hold people accountable, then that is the obstruction of justice. Not, Not refusing to produce the documents and the evidence that, uh, that started this whole witch hunt that has tied this nation up in knots for going on two years now. No, no, that's not the obstruction. The obstruction is trying to get at the truth. I mean, it makes your head hurt, the the logic. And this woman has a major platform at the New York Times where she gets to write this drivel and uh, these rantings, and she does so about every three days. If you read it, you think to yourself, what world does she live in? But I I guess we know what world she lives in. She lives in the world of uh, Manhattan politics where... (laughs) Where they, uh, you know, elect people like uh, uh, like Bill De Blasio to be their mayor. But make no mistake, that is what they are doing. They are obstructing the investigation, and it just shows you uh, which side um, is on the side of uh, the rule of law and which side is not. How is trying to determine what started an investigation obstruction? 
that is normally what you would have had to have put on any charging document or any uh, any warrant to do any of this stuff. It should have been contained in the appoint uh, the appointments council, but because there's nothing there, at least nothing that they could admit to. It uh, it doesn't say anything. There is no evidence of a crime. There was no probable cause to launch this investigation to begin with. It is all misconduct on behalf of the FBI, the CIA, and the, and the Department of Justice. Now, here's this clip from Greg Jarrett, who's, um, who um, has written this book uh, r r characterizing Rod Rosenstein's uh, misconduct in all of this. Any reaction to the news that certain members of the House Freedom Caucus... This clip starts with um, Rod Rosenstein appearing at a, a, a conference himself and uh, answering uh, a question on whether, you know, what he, uh, how he feels about the possibility of being held in contempt or impeached. Any reaction to the news that certain members of the House Freedom Caucus have talked about drafting up articles of impeachment? I can tell you, you know, there have been people who have been uh, uh, making threats privately and publicly uh, against me uh, for quite some time. And I think they should understand by now the Department of Justice is not going to be extorted. Yeah, this is a... The Department of Justice is being extorted, according to Rod Rosenstein, requesting documents uh, to show... Well, what started all of this that has been um, sidetracking so much of Washington's business for going on two years now, that's, that's extorting. That's just normal oversight. If, if there were something that they could justify or that they weren't ashamed of or that wouldn't land them in jail, they would put it forward. But the truth of the matter is they don't have anything. There is uh, nothing uh, that, that was evidence of a crime committed. What they did is they decided that uh, they were going to investigate Donald Trump based on a bunch of innuendo and hearsay compare, uh, contained in that, uh, that opposition research document, and away they went. Here's, um, here's Greg Jarrett. Justice is not going to be extorted. Yeah, this is a very vindictive man. Uh, I was the first to report, actually, that he threatened yeah, uh, individuals on the right. Intelligence Committee. I reported it in early February. Uh, how did I report it? I talked to two people who were in that meeting. They both felt that he was threatening them to get his hands on their emails and texts and telephone records if they didn't back off this investigation. That's the kind of guy that Rod Rosenstein is. He's presiding over an investigation in which he is a key witness and refuses to disqualify himself, even though it's mandatory. You can't be a prosecutor, a witness, an investigator, and the judge all ruled into one. It's a violation of the regulations and the code of professional conduct for lawyers. It's maddening. It's such a violation. I wonder if the president is allowing all this to go forward so that the left and the establishment in Washington can get tied up in knots themselves while he goes about exercising his executive authority to try to straighten out the ungodly mess that they have made over everything that they've touched um, for the last, well, since Ronald Reagan. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the threat to our democracy, this... Um, presented by the censorship on social media right after these messages.
I've been telling anybody that would listen that uh, the, uh, the Republican and the conservative right-wing reliance on social media to get our message out and get it past the, the uh, traditional gatekeepers of information, the, the leftist media, uh, represents a major threat, not just to the Republican Party, uh, but to the Democrat uh, the democratic process in our country, the, the, the majority rule that's provided for in our Constitution. Because literally all we have to do is look back on history to know that because uh, the Democrats and the left wing controlled so much of our media that they were able to overcome um, the Republicans, uh, overcome reality, and, and uh, elect um, their, uh, their Democrats because uh, people were being denied uh, the truth. And now you, this president uh, was able to, to uh, bypass uh, the media and, and win uh, the election on behalf of the American people in this America First agenda because... Uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and other uh, social media platforms, he was able to get his truth directly to the people, at least enough of them, to uh, to get the word out and sway public opinion. Well, you didn't think for a second that these uh, uh, social media platforms that are all controlled by uh, Silicon Valley leftists themselves were going to allow this to happen for another cycle. This was, in their eyes, an unacceptable anomaly that they had to shut down. So immediately after the 2016 elections, uh, when they realized that uh, Trump had been able to get his message out, and in fact the, the uh, American electorate was, was hungry to hear this, they, become, uh, they, uh, they began coming up with strategies and tactics to keep this from ever happening again. And this, these upcoming uh, midterm elections will be a major test of whether or not uh, they were successful. One of their main uh, tactics is uh, the act called shadow banning. And that's something they, they do, especially on Twitter and Facebook, where um, th they, uh, they let people continue to post, uh, continue to comment, um, but nobody sees it. And uh, the user thinks that uh, they're, you know, they're uh, just uh, using the, the platform and that uh, nobody is engaging with them when, in fact, what's happening is nobody's seeing it to engage with them. Uh, and it, it seems like a fraud to me. The way these platforms work is they, um, they use you, uh, they sell you things and show you advertisements, and in return, you get to use their platform and engage in... Um, in interactions with other uh, other people, many of them like-minded, and uh, engage in conversations. But if they're if they're taking from you your attention, which is your end of the bargain, and but they're not giving you back the engagement that they're promising you, that seems like deceptive trade practices and um, and fraud to me. And I think uh, I think it should certainly be a a class action lawsuit. The president recently tweeted out uh, that. He's heard of the shadow banning and that he thinks it's illegal. I don't think it is illegal. I don't see any reason why these uh, privately operated companies, um, they're big corporations, but they are nevertheless privately operated, don't have the right to shadow ban people. But if they're doing it 
without notifying people of what they're doing. That sounds like a fraud to me. Now, if you, if you notify me that that's what you're doing, fine. I can go find another platform to get my message out. And that's exactly what uh, we need to do, desperately need to do. We need to develop our own social media platforms so that, um, so that we're not at the mercy of Silicon Valley and all of these things. I've got uh, a clip here uh, from Andrew Torba. He is the, um, uh, the head over at Gab, which is an alternative to uh, Twitter, a social media uh, platform uh, that uh, operates very similar to Twitter. Except for Torba has, uh, has become like a, a free speech uh, uh, purist. And it has left the, the platform open to a, a lot of infiltration by actual haters, Nazis and, uh, and, uh, and other people that are coming over there and just making the aw most awful statements. What I would like to see with, uh, well, let me play you this clip and then we'll talk about it uh, when we come back. This is uh, Andrew Torba, Andrew Torba uh, talking about uh, the shadow banning uh, practice. What's up, folks? My name is Andrew Torba. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Gab, the free speech social network. Today, we're going to talk about why Facebook and Twitter are targeting conservatives, Trump supporters, and independent journalists. Let's start off with what they're actually doing. So Facebook has actually admitted that they demote individual posts and individual pages that are posting what they deem to be fake news. Now, instead of just uh, suspending the account completely or banning the person completely, they're only allowing their posts to show up to about 20% of the normal audience that it would have shown up to. And again, this is not a conspiracy. They're actually saying this. This, this is the official Facebook account on Twitter verified saying that they lose 80% of any future views if their third-party fact-checkers determine that you are fake news. Now, what exactly does this look like? Well, they give us some examples. Well, let me just uh, interject right here. The people that are determining what is fake news are people that have a ideological agenda, um, and they're, they're chosen for that, uh, that uh, function specifically to, to pursue that agenda. And I guarantee you, it is not an American first agenda. It's a, it's an agenda that wants to flood the country with more of these H-1B uh, visa workers so that they can continue to have uh, cheap labor, you know, there in Silicon Valley. Uh, they've got the most left-wing cultural uh, agenda that you can possibly imagine. Well, I don't have to explain it to you. Back to uh, Andrew Torba. So when you're posting a link that Facebook has determined is fake news, they're going to have a little pop-up that shows up and says, hey, there's been additional reporting on this. Uh, here's CNN and here's MSNBC saying something different. Do you still want to post this? And even when you decide to still share that link, they're going to show related articles beneath your post that are going to fact check what you posted. This is thought control. This is narrative control. Why are they doing this? Because independent journalists, alternative media outlets, were incredibly effective in the 2016 election, and they're going to be incredibly effective in the 2018 election unless Facebook, Twitter, Google, and others retaliate and start to censor and put a quality filter like Twitter is doing 
or hide uh, their posts from 80% of their audience or fact check with verified sources. Facebook thinks that they now dictate what is real news and what isn't for billions of people around the world in every country. Facebook is now partnering with fact-checking organizations to begin flagging fake news. This is nothing new. This article is from December of 2016. We knew this was coming. They've been testing it, and they've been preparing specifically for the midterm elections and for the 2020 presidential campaign as well. Who are they targeting? Well, of course, like Twitter, they're targeting conservatives, alternative news sources, independent journalists. They're targeting me. Uh, I am thoroughly shadow banned. There is a new uh, website that you can uh, plug in your Twitter address and see if you are being uh, shadow banned. It's called uh, shadowban.eu. You can run on over there. And if you are being shadow banned, I would urge you to uh, look at Gab as a possible uh, alternative. What Gab needs to do is, uh, yes, they need to allow free speech, but they need to allow some user controls over all of this so that uh, a user can opt uh, not to see uh, some of this more extreme uh, content that is contained on there. I guess that would be a violation uh, in their eyes because they are free speech purists. But Facebook has, made, has paid a major price for this. You know, uh, they have eliminated like 93% of the traffic for uh, a lot of the top conservative sites. And yesterday, uh, at the close of the uh, stock market, their uh, stocks were down 24%. They lost like $18 billion in the space of about five minutes yesterday. They just had a total collapse and I think it's because people are realizing that, you know, they've got Big Brother looking over their shoulder when they're engaging on Facebook now. Uh, Twitter has never made any money, and they're certainly not going to make any money uh, if they continue uh, to behave like this. Because uh, Vice Magazine um, did a study, and they found that, yes, these so-called conspiracy theories that people are being shadow banned, and it's far more extensive than what Torba explained to you right there, are, in fact, being shadow banned. They're being limited uh, nobody's seeing their uh, their engagements on on Twitter, and I think that because uh, social media has become pretty much the commons where people uh, go to engage with their fellow citizens and organize, that this really is, and I know it sounds extreme, a threat to our democracy. Well, that takes us to the end of this uh, edition. I want to thank you for joining us, and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Talk America Radio Network and Mojo 5.0. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. 
Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.